pop culture questions only one podcast knows. Nerds that know. Rated R. names smurf doesn't know our names okay you ready okay yeah, and take two <laughs> well i don't normally get it so the greatest minds from across the cosmos has been gathered before you we are the nerds that know smurf wow. and my guardian of geekdom we have empress of the seductive bobby the ever growing tree of wisdom tank and our playful trash panda stash i will take that sir i have a costume upstairs i can go put it on right now i just want to know why you think tank is ever growing is that like some kind of inappropriate comment about him or you're just discussing his wood i've heard He's getting bigger. He's gonna penetrate you with knowledge. Not me. Fuck that noise. He can penetrate. He can noise. penetrate his tiny little blonde wife. <laughs> Hello to my sister. I love you. She's not listening right now. She's gonna get to bed. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but I know she'll listen to the recording later. Probably. Because then she messages me about him. No, actually, at this point, she's like, hey, you guys only talked about sex like five times last night. Are you guys feeling okay? It's true. Great. So so we're adding to bedroom talk about with Tank's trunk and penetrating. Oh, I think trunk is a little, you know, (laughs) a little little generous. Too 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 generous. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Well, you know, you, it could be that of a weeping willow. No, definitely not a weeping willow. <laughs> it's a small sapling, okay? It's just a small sapling. Hey, you know what? The saplings are, are nice and, and flexible, and they can take a beating. That's why Stash is a sapling. Hank is baby Groot. Oh, kind of. It does dance. <laughs> oh, and on that bombshell. So let's move on. This okay, is, so we have a lot of shit to talk on. about that does not involve uh, the, the pants and or forestry of anyone on the podcast. Let's go ahead and start with uh, something that none of us really want to talk about, and that is the fact that Chucky is being turned into a TV show. Has been. And has been. It is officially on. on this week. Yeah, as of yesterday. So, so I saw the weird computer generated version of him on the like teaser for it, and I was like, why did you do this? I mean, granted, uh Bride of Chucky, I think was the last one. Um that movie was like after that, isn't there? Seed of Chucky? Of yeah. Chucky. Yeah, because they have like Little Cabbage Patch Dolls of Terror. 
Yeah, the little creepy kid that they have. Yeah, because first there has to be Chucky, and then he meets the chick, and then they have the babies with the trees and the saplings. Yeah, I want to say he, I think Seed of Chucky was the last one, and that was... I think you're right. This, I don't know. Does USA just have money to just piss away on really bad conceived ideas? This Obviously. Horrible. I mean, they're losing The Walking Dead. No, that's AMC. That's so right. I have no idea what the fuck they're doing. I really don't. Well, and they're putting it on the Sci Fi Channel. Well, the Sci Fi Channel has a track record of making very poor decisions when it comes to. Funding and things that work and don't work. So this is true. true. After one season, yeah, come on. So does does USA. I mean, look at their track record. Yeah, but they throw like most of their series. They drive into the ground. Yeah, until no one gives a shit, and then they're all gone, and now they don't have any of those. Yeah. So they're just trying to fill space. I don't don't get it. I just don't. This doesn't make sense. And the story, I mean, he's still trying to get out of the kid's body into a human body, right? So the story is the same. So it kind of sounds like an adult version of Pinky and the Brain, where, you know, what are we going to do tonight? Oh, I'm going to try and get me a human body. And this is repeated every week. Dude, I would watch an adult version of Pinky and the Brain. Technically, all Animaniacs was adultish anyway. I can't believe they're coming back for a season two. Animaniacs on Hulu. Uh, season two is November 2nd, I think. This makes, makes me sense. happy. Yeah. I love Animaniacs. I heard the new season, the new series was actually really, really good. Yeah, um, I, I only watched a handful of the episodes, but they were sticking very true to the Animaniacs that we remember, and the inappropriate adult humor is still really in there. No doubt. All right. There's better choices out there, USA. Trust me. I'm just confused as to what it is. Like, because I I heard what you said, and then the only the only understanding I got from it is that he's he's still on the doll, sort of, and but it's taking on like this weird AI kind of thing. Which at least that's what so, I. So 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 now he he's you know uh, a, a robot, robot doll. You know. So he's like a he's gonna like Ultron some shit. Or you know <laughs> like Terminator that's that stuff just you know. It's, I mean, just, it's the same people. He's being controlled by Amazon. I just don't understand. Yeah, like it. It seems nonsensical. Somebody got my joke. I mean, yeah. It's Chucky, first off. I mean, after what? Child's Play 2? Those movies have all kind of been trash. But, um... Right of Chucky wasn't complete, though. Yeah, they're just really at the point where they're like, anything we can do with a little, for a little money. You know, if that's the case, USA, I would like to pitch to you a slightly used but very impressionable podcast where everybody knows everything and uh, we talk dirty in subterfuge. It's really good. And occasionally, you know, Smurf and Tank will take their shirts off and build Legos. 
I'll flex. I'll flex for the camera. I'll take my shirt off. It'll be sexy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Smurf and Tank will build Legos. Stash will tell everybody that comic books are beneath him. And, you know, I'll just be me. And there'll be controversy. Everybody will hate us. It'll be perfect. It's fantastic. I love this idea. As long as we don't all have to be in the same house, I'm totally on board. Yeah, they could outsource us to, like, D4 and other places so they can be like, don't do this. Exactly. Here's what not to do, the nerds that know. See, there's the title, the working title right there. USA Girls the Money. I will take and that is going to be the title of this episode. What not to do? Because we know the one thing. Actually, uh, uh, Stash and I were talking about this off air, um, but him and I both agree that the one franchise that deserves a comeback and a revitalization is the Puppet Master series. And I would be more on board for that as a series than I would this stupid nonsense with Chucky. Uh, I, I, I think this is a missed opportunity. And I think this is, they're approaching uh, it, it's really stupidly. And I think they're trying to do what uh, Twilight Zone for CBS All Access did and trying to bring back something horror-related that the fans liked but have completely missed the mark because it just is stupid. Well, I was... I was thinking if they're trying to make a series, like a repeating series, um, Wishmaster would work pretty well also. Wishmaster would be fun. Yeah, because you could, I obviously was inspired by Puppet Master, but like each episode could be a new play on his trope with new people. Chucky doesn't work that way. No. Chucky, I mean... Is Wouldn't he do murder a family and then move on to the next family at the estate sale? I mean, that's yeah. that's the whole thought process. Like, because Chucky only works. I mean, based on the very limited synopsis we got, there is some tangential connection to Charles Lee Ray and his past. So you're getting to know the serial killer before he died at the very beginning of the first movie. Why do we care? <laughs> I didn't say we did. Salt and burn the whole thing. Based on the synopsis, that's what I kind of gathered is that there, there, there is some sort of prequel story playing out as this Chucky doll finds a new family. If Supernatural has taught us nothing, we salt and burn everything and then we move on. Well, I mean, he did get liquefied and still came back. So there was not salt involved. Like you have to salt and burn it, Tank. Oh, oh, they forgot the salt. Otherwise, it just doesn't do any good. All right. Well, let's move past Chucky because I'm done talking about this stupid, hopefully one season only piece of crap. Uh, And let's go ahead and talk about something that. most of us, other than, you know, Tank, uh, have seen recently, and that is No Time to Die, uh, the final James Bond with Daniel Craig. And, oh, my God. How how are they going to, with the way it ended, and, oh, my God, right? 
I have lots of questions, and I'm trying not to have any spoilers because the film is still released. Uh, the meat and potatoes uh, spud version will be tomorrow on uh, Nerds That Know, so you can see a official spoiler-free review of it if you don't want to listen to us. Mute us now, and we'll try not to give too many things away. However, I make no promises. There is one huge standout, and I don't mean this in any derogatory sense, so don't at me. Not a single female was killed in this movie. Every single female character lived. The love interest, the other agent. I, I mean, everybody made it through. The guy agents, well, yeah, that's a huge body count. But yeah. all of the females made it. And I think that's a first for a Bond film. Um, so that's, I, huh? that is true. I didn't realize that, but in hindsight... Like, they hashtag the women live. Yeah, all, all the women live. Like, they did some strange shit in this movie. I, I go ahead. Overall, I was disappointed. I was like, really? Yeah. Was like, this is fine. I don't really care. There was too much like shit from other movies that I don't know super well. Oh, see, that's why so, you didn't like it. No, like I've seen all the other movies and I watched a rerun, like a brief synopsis on YouTube of the last two again. I appreciate the dealing with trauma and it goes back to the very first movie of his. Like that I actually liked because it displayed the full arc. But I feel like the end of M the older female M mm -hmm. was not strongly represented in this film in the way it should have been. Like there was literally just the scene where he sat there looking at her picture where Mallory. Right. But at the end of the last one, they have that whole transition of M to M. I so, know. So they know. didn't I'm... need to re rehash it in this one. But I did. I feel like that was a central arc for his character. No. It was, and you missed it, because when he's sitting in M's office and he's commenting on the desk, mm -hmm. I, I, that's that's a direct correlation to uh, M's uh, le uh, legacy, because he's all like, this desk, you know, basically doesn't fit you. You you yeah. shouldn't be behind it. So shots are being fired, and he makes it a point to call him his name multiple times it isn't until where he goes mallory it wasn't until like the very end and everything is in he 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 called him m so kind of like giving him that rite of passage but he was still calling him mallory through the majority of the film but mm -hmm. like, acknowledge him as m because of to your point his tie to judy dench's character mm -hmm. so I can see where it would get lost because there's a lot of moving parts going on and the dialogue was an insult to him. And like right. him failing. Yeah, I thought it was him being diminished by the responsibilities of his position is what I thought that stood for. So I think it I think that's there's multiple layers to it, especially when we get into the dichotomy of the it's just a number. And that's gone back and forth 
through not only social media, but the film directly tackles it. And yeah. I think everyone had this this pre-built image of what 007 James Bond is. And to everyone's point that they made, it's just the number. And they say that line directly in the film. Several is, times. Yes, yeah, several times. And it's great, but there's a, a huge acknowledgement of the weight behind the number at the end of the film. And it was just kind of very cathartic to see it all kind of tied up the way they did. Now the ending really pisses me off because <laughs> I, I've read the books and all the ones that Ian Fleming wrote, I don't remember anyone's particular ending this way. And mm-hmm. I don't want to get what happens. Okay, but yeah. but right before the very end when he's in the Serenity Garden, yes. I liked that part. I think yeah. everyone kind of knows what happens. I haven't seen the movie and I can tell you what happens. Well, now... Well, and I also told you what happens already. Yeah, but I even told you when you were talking to me about it. I'm like, that sounds exactly like how you'd end that because we know that he's not returning. Yes, but there's been times when Pierce Brodden and Rosalyn wasn't returning. Same thing with Sean Connery. Same thing with Roger Moore. We knew they weren't coming back, but it's never ended this way. It's never gone this finite of a decision. Exactly. It's gotten close enough. I think they wanted to do that just for the, I think kind of what you're saying is sort of with the, 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 the code name, basically. Yes. I yeah. think how the movie ended drives that point home. Yeah of this this story, this long-form story that's been going on for now 40 years, 50, Jesus, 50 years. Um, the whole time, the thought process is whenever one of them's replaced, is it a different person mm-hmm. with the same code name? Right. Because Wait. none of them act like each other. Really, none of them look like each other besides the fact that they're white. You know? Well, they all it, act differently. They all look differently. They all behave with the people around them differently. But that could be interpreted a couple of different ways of trying to keep up with the times. I mean, we, we've we had um, uh, Christoph Waltz's character before in um, the Sean Connery era with Wolfowl uh, and, and all of that. So we've seen these characters before, but at different periods uh, in, in social life, in, in the world. So they just keep adapting them to the story, but I've never seen it adapted this way. And especially when you see the growth of uh, Daniel Craig's Bond to the point where he's more familiar, he's making jokes, bad puns, that are still funny. I mean, we oh saw kind of a resurface of, hey, I was showing them your watch and it blew their mind. I mean, that that is classic, <laughs> classic Bond. I mean, that was that was kind of one of the elements that Daniel Craig's Bond was missing up until like the very end. He was so he was so uh, and to the point and precise, and he didn't really get his swagger till the end of his character. So there is a progression to a familiar bond, but it's not the bond we have seen in the past. Well, and that's, well, that's kind of how all of them are though. They take bits and pieces 
from the original, you know, Connery. Connery. They take yeah. bits and pieces from Connery, and they all kind of tell their own variation of that character, but they're distinctly different in big ways. Well, I mean, let's face it. Roger Moore was the one that really, I think, excelled at the bad jokes and the yeah. innuendo. However, the storylines were very... It was a lot more campy. Very campy. I mean, we yeah. won't pick up Moonraker or <laughs> or the plethora of other bad ideas. And, you know... A Nissan Supra that could go underwater and turn into a sub. That was really cool, but no. Dalton no. was an accident, and we don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Brosnan was um, very much more the, almost the Bruce Wayne James Bond. But see, I liked Brosnan's Bond. Brosnan really was kind of, had that joie de vivre. He had, you know, the class. He had, you know, the, the physicality of the role, and he could deliver, he could deliver a joke. Yeah, but he wasn't quite as goofy or campy or even punny as, as Connery. As Roger Moore or Connery? Oh, yeah. And then this one is more of that straightforward, he's an action hero, he's a spy. Yep. He is the biggest badass on the planet and will prove it to you even in the most dire circumstances. And you yep. don't get his softer side until the end. Which makes sense. And to Stash's point, it re he really gets driven home at the beginning with Vespa or Vesper and 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 uh, Eve. Oh God, and I can't. Eva Green's character that we lose in the first film. So I I liked this film. I was very compelled by this film. This film hits all the all the boxes: the emotion, the the rush, the what the fucks. Um, yeah, I, I liked it. Um, it was actually uh, our our little budding co-host, Rowena. It was her very first Bond film ever. That's an interesting start. Yeah. I didn't know it was her first Bond film ever. I said, hey, do you guys want to go see this movie with us? And she was oh. like, yeah, I want to go. Um, so what did you guys think of? Like the campier scenes that were obviously tributes to Daniel Craig's farewell as Bond. I'm talking about like the starting scene that was enacted in the middle of an action scene and various lines that he said that were uh, let's let's call them a bit dated. I you know what I kind of like the begin the whole opening is a roller coaster of like emotion of action of comedy of i like in the middle of a gunfight they stop to do a shot i really i really liked that whole so i started laughing i wish I we had see seen more of her i hope we do too i was surprised that she made it through that skirmish because i honestly yeah. thought she was a daughter i really did no but which is which is why she, where she's like more or less but they stop the middle of this. Uh, he like he like stops her. Hold on, and he he pours some shots, and they're <laughs> And almost is like we're not we're taking this seriously. No, we're not really taking this seriously. Yeah. It's like it's a little piece of park. She was such a charming character. She was. I like. 
she's honestly, I felt more for her than I did anyone else in the entire film. I like yeah. her better than the new 007. I, I really cool. hope that we see more of her. Yes. Yeah. She's absolutely pleasant. Her character, right, right spot on. Um, do you think, didn't know. There's an do official. You think she will be a replacement for the other guy who died? I'm trying to not do spoilers. I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. Cause that whole, that whole story basically is left hanging, especially mm-hmm. with how the conversation goes in M's office. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. See then that's the big question of what happens next. Of course, because we get the James Bond will return at the end of the film. There's no post credit scene, but it's a real big question of, what happens next? Do we get a new bond? Is there another story? Is it a whole new team now? We start from scratch. They can't. I hope like, not. I like you. Yeah, M and Q are both like such strong, well cast characters. That and I think Money Penny is also. We got to see a lot yeah. more from her this time. See, I thought we saw less from her. I thought we saw more of her care, not of her on screen but more of her owning herself. Okay, yeah. I think all of the all of the core characters that have surrounded Bond are very well established. All of them, we know their role, we know everything that they can do, and we've seen actually them leap forward, especially with Q. Uh, I really did like the development of his character and him kind of owning, owning the Q, you know, mm-hmm. the quarter title. And Money Penny, we finally got a Money Penny that we're like, every every movie was like, is that Money Penny? Is that Money Penny? And it isn't Bond without Money Penny, and we don't get her until so late. But she's very very clear. So I don't. I would hate to think they would throw all these characters away and start from scratch. But I don't. I don't. Where do you go from here, especially without Daniel Craig? Huh? And, uh, somehow gonna have to find a way to fit inside the team. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to so, wait and see. So like how they continue this chain of story with the ending that happened. Not necessarily the character ending. I'm talking about the world ending. Well, yeah, yeah because because yeah. that was a big violation of like a lot of things. Treaties. They they yeah. went against the. The Koreans, the Russians, uh, the United States, everybody basically to, to stop this. And every major treaty was violated. The U.N. probably was on fire at the end of the, the, the final moments. So I can only imagine the fallout, which I think would be a great story. And to see someone kind of come in and take that place. Uh, you know, of, of the villain, and, and I don't know. I, I mean, I could see it, but I don't know if they'll do it. I don't know. And, and Remy Malik was great. I mean, his his villain, I mean, it's still not his best performance compared to, like, playing Freddie Mercury, but, I mean, I, I really did feel... He did a great job. Yeah. yeah. And, and he wasn't the traditional villain. Is as far as like you know, he wasn't sitting there petting a cat. Well, Mister Bond, you know. You know those things come with fur now. 
<laughs> that was a great line. It was a great line. I'm like, like, you know, those things come with fur now. Oh my God. Where does he fit in the Daniel Craig line of villains? Mm. That's that's not an easy answer because you've got you've got so many villains. I mean, Mr. White's, you've got Blofeld, and it's hard to beat Christoph Waltz. It that's really, my favorite one, is the yeah. Christoph Waltz. That's so is it, is it competitive with Christoph Waltz as Blofeld? Um, kind mm, of. Ish. And it ties directly to him. His level of calm, angry is spectacular. Mm -hmm. But um, when you go back to even like the first villain that we saw, um, what's his name? Uh, The Bleeding Eye. Scarface. I don't remember his name. I don't remember his name. I mean, his character was still just as, you know, had that had that air about him. So I mean, all of the villains have been very top shelf, high caliber villains. I mean, even, even Batista, when he showed up and beat the shit out of Craig. I mean, oh my god, that is just spectacular. And then I found out behind the scenes that Batista actually did bust Daniel Craig's nose accidentally and ran away. So evidently, in the fight scene that there, Batista just popped him a good one and busted his nose and he felt so bad that he ran away off set in the opposite direction because he felt so bad. Aww. I know, like, oh, Batista. We well, love you Batista. assaulted Art. Let's be fair. You broke Art. That's a yeah. big man to get hit by, too. That's a big... <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine that? His fist is as big as Craig's face. Just, wow. Like, everyone, you know, he did have his pro wrestling thing, but he actually is also trained in MMA, so he probably can actually hit you pretty hard. (laughs) I I can only imagine. I'm sure his eyes watered up, his cheeks got all puffy. He probably looked like he got hit by a truck. He did get hit by a truck. A truck named Batista. (laughs) Well, now if I ever buy a truck, that is what his name is going to be. All right, so... While at the movie theater, we get got to see um, some additional previews for uh, Dune and the Eternals, and there were some other shit, but those are the ones we're going to talk about. Kingsman, don't forget Kingsman. That one was there, too. That one also mattered. Wow. Wow. I'm the only one who cares about Kingsman. No, I care about Kingsman. It looks like you're the stone-faced. I didn't, I didn't get the Kingsman trailer. I'd be sad. Because I love the Kingsman, and I think it's great, especially with um, Ralph Fiennes in in the role as the lead, who we just saw in Bond. So I'm very upset that I didn't get to see that trailer. I, I, I did not see that trailer, but we also we also got there like five minutes after it's uh, after all of the trailers started because I, was, I had taken um, the girls to the haunted houses at Elitch's. Uh, I was at the Regal. Was that the, um, was it Southlands AMC? Oh, I was at the Alamo. Of course you were at the Alamo. Of course. Well, where else are we going to see movies? (laughs) I went with a group Uh, of people, and uh, the person purchasing the tickets got to choose the location. Um, That will not happen again, because we had to go all the way from Elitch's down to fucking Parker. What? Yeah. 
Oh, man. Consider, considering the Alamo on Sloan's Lake is, like, right down the street from Elitch's. Yeah. And there's also another 20 theaters between there and... At <laughs> least. <laughs> I was like, we have to go to a later showing. We're doing the Haunted Houses at Elitch's. Okay, 9 o'clock in Parker. Wow. That's a hell of a drive for that. Yeah, yeah it is. All right, so and really bad mac and cheese. Trailer was cool. Okay. Uh, All right. So we will talk Kingsman trailer next week after the rest of us have had a chance to actually watch it. Um, but let's go ahead and jump on to the Eternals. Uh, so the trailer I thought looked good. Um, Tank, you were saying something about the fact that they're uh, combining source materials. Yeah, uh, I was reading a thing today, actually, that there is some original source material from, like, the original books, the couple of series they've done on the Eternals, Um, and there is some source material from there, but it looks like a chunk of the story, if not the majority of the story, is actually going to be based around Neil Gaiman's interpretation of the Eternals characters, which... Is interesting. I like I liked his better. So, well, yeah, you <laughs> should, but it still sucked. Eh, less than the other ones, but uh, I think that actually is providing a little bit of hope for me. I mean, I, I'm in for this movie anyway because I think it is just going to be a. I think it's be a one shot thing of they're telling an in between story. And setting up stuff that's going to happen. Right. It, it's, it's definitely I, a filler movie, but it doesn't mean it's going to be a bad movie. Yeah. And the I, fact if they take if they take the Neil Gaiman version of it, at least that's kind of taking their roles in the universe seriously, <laughs> as opposed to most other versions of it, where it's played more stupidly. <laughs> Campy is the word you were looking for. Okay. No, because no, campy implies that, you know, it has some kind of following. Campy implies, and... you know, Batman 66, where it's entertaining somehow. The Eternals original run is not entertaining. It's a slog of boring nothingness. Lots of talking. Lots of and talking. And not even just talking. Unnecessary talking. I can watch. A hell I, of I a think lot of slog of boring nothingness kind of kind of ex- explains that in detail. Yeah, like talking's all. I'm well and good with talking. I, you know, talking's great if you if it fits the story and makes sense. But when it's just just for the fact of you know books of exposition, it's like, well, who fucking cares? Thanks, you know. The Gaiman's was better than that, so there is gold. Did weave a better story, a better synopsis of the characters? Yes, I just, I just don't have a whole lot of faith in 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 the Eternals. I really don't. I'll still see it. I just think the source material is is lame to begin with. So no matter how you're looking at it, you're just basically trying to shine up a splintery wooden box. Well, um, it's better than shining up an old turd, which is, I believe, what somebody else has referred to it as. I, I was trying to be politically nice. 
Why? Um, do you Are you new you here? Yeah. Um, you literally said every girl who sleeps in my house sleeps in terror, essentially. Political correctness is not something that appeals. And I believe I was the one who uh, said that. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm curious. Do you think this film will maybe be a testing ground to see which of these characters they may bring into the wider universe? I don't know because the the premise that the Eternals operate on is pretty much the same as the Watchers. They have mm -hmm. one role that played a pivotal uh, starting position for the universe. And then they just basically retired and became watchers. Um, they help every once in a while. They're not very effective characters, and they're kind of stupid. And 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 I almost want to, if I remember correctly, I even think Thanos wiped them out. I think they all just got just cleaned out by Thanos, and that was it. So they may have some future roles because there are some cool characters. But I don't, I don't see how they're going to play a role. But then we don't even know what that new Marvel universe looks like yet. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think I don't know if they're going to play a huge role in the future, but I think they're playing a role in setting up the future. Well, and they obviously are bridging gaps and story holes as far as you know yeah. where, what's gone on, what happened. Where were they when Thanos got there? Yeah, yeah. and I wouldn't be surprised if we see Thanos show up <clears throat> kicking their ass in one or two scenes, depending upon how and which, and that's the thing, which story do they use? Because all of them are semi-lame ducks. They are the shittiest of the shits. And which do you pick? I'm assuming they're going with the prime mover Eternals to set up the mutants. That's my guess. Maybe. We don't even know how they're going to do that either. Well, that's what I think is going to happen. That's what I'm guessing is going... I'm guessing there's going to be at some point during this story where you're going to get that that delineation of the, the groups of humanoids that exist. I mean, the, the preview I thought had promise... Um, but I also don't think it really explained what exactly the storyline of the film is. I don't think we're going to get that until we watch it. And even then, maybe film. not. Yeah, even then, you know, like you said, like, the potential that doesn't happen, but I think that is, there. it's hard to give away a story that's probably going to need to take up its entire runtime to tell. Like, this seems and, like... And it does have... Excuse me. It does have um, a, a pretty decent long uh, runtime of two hours and thirty five minutes. Yeah. So I'm guessing that's it's going to be hard because I think there's going to be a lot of stuff happening, and that there's going to be explanations that move forward and a lot of things that just get tied up and left. I mean, on a storytelling scale, this does look epic. This looks like. Um, like Prometheus or, you know, I won't say, I'll kind of throw Dune in there just because of the scale and the scope of the characters and what we've seen for clips. It's, it's massive. So I, 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 I think I, Watchmen vibes. 
Which one? Watchmen. Watchmen. I could see some like that epic storytelling with a million characters, but they actually succeeded in what they were doing. I don't know if this film will. Well, and you, yeah, again, the source material for Watchmen is a little bit more precise and, and better. And then you're dealing with Scott Snyder, which I think that's his best film. In addition, you also have, you know, all of Alan Moore's stuff that goes into that. So there's so many components to Watchmen that work versus a lot of misfiring elements for the Eternals that don't. Well, that's why I'm, I'm hopeful that they're giving us the Neil Gaiman version of it so the characters will be better represented not as convoluted yeah multi-dimensional yeah yeah because they were very flat in their first good you, lord 30 yeah. years of existence yeah. <laughs> you runs yeah all right well uh smurfs already mentioned it so let's go ahead and pop over to dune which we also got to see previews for and I am just getting more and more excited about Dune. Um, I I definitely want to see this one in theaters. Um, I am not going to go to Parker to do so. <laughs> am I the only one who got like hardcore Starship Trooper vibes at a couple points? <laughs> no, there are definitely some moments. There were some like during the specifically during the battle segments, I very much got that Starship Trooper kind of approach. As soon as the like shield went up and it got really kind of lame looking. Yeah, I'm like yeah, I definitely feel the <laughs> the early sci-fi movies. Yeah, and, I don't know. They might be trying to pay homage because in the original Dune, they had that really clunky personal force when they're fighting. Like they, they really didn't have the technology, but they 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 thought they had something good, and the the blade that slowly goes through the the oh the right, blade. I forgot about that scene. It's the yeah. slow blade that I don't remember the quote. Maybe it is an homage, and there's like some cool payoff where everything just goes fucking shitty from. And that's kind of what I thought. Tech. I, I agree because it, it made no sense to me of why we would like step backwards. Yeah. With some of the effects. Cause you see like Batista's fight scene in, in the hall and I mean, yeah. just wrecking people yeah. and the, the, the special effects and everything that's just around that clip are just. Yeah. yeah. And, and then show the other shield and you're like what the fuck is this yeah and the more i see of the the previews and the trailers and stuff that's coming out the more i am excited about the way they cast this yes. this is like one of the most well-cast movies i've ever yeah. right i actually would agree they did a great job on casting it seems like you know i mean there's in the past like every movie that we've you know discussed is that that one character that you're just kind of going, why did they pick that person to play them? Or or several characters, and you're kind of going, why the fuck were they all in this, well, this usually film? usually when I ask, why has this movie been made? But... Well, that happens too. <laughs> but in this case, like, <clears throat> you know, I, I think the casting does look spot on. I'm excited about watching this. I do want to see it in the theaters. Um, I will also most likely watch it on, on streaming. 
So like Smurf was saying earlier, there can be bathroom breaks, beverage breaks, etc. Because this is also going to be a pretty lengthy film um, of almost three hours. Yeah, just shy of three hours. Yeah. Yeah, see, people were bitching about other films being this long. I can imagine them sitting in a theater for this. There's going to be nerd riots. Well, and see, the thing is, like, Dune needs to be a long film. Yes. Agree. Bringing back intermissions. Yeah, I was just going to say that, Stash. Like, the old movies, you know, that I grew up watching with my mom and my grandma, like, Gone with the Wind and Funny Girl and, like, all of these others, they have an intermission built into them. Even now, like, on the streaming services, even on, like, the old VHS copies, like, The King and I, they have an intermission built into the film. Give everybody a chance to go so. pee. Well, I think the last, inter- like, official intermission for a film was Gettysburg. Because that was the last time that I yeah. ever remember seeing it on a film in the theater where it was official intermission. Didn't Braveheart have one? No. I don't think so. I think Braveheart was on like two VHS tapes when it came out. So if that Um, counts. Does Zack Snyder's uh, Recode of Justice League count? I don't know. Because that does have built-in intermissions. Yeah, but that one's also what, like four and a half hours? Longer than that. So I also watched that all in one setting and apparently I just like, you know, breaking people in the hard way. It was the first of any DC movies that my housemate at the time had ever seen. And I was like, I'm going to be watching this. Do you want to watch it with me? I mean, that's better than most of them. Let's be fair. No, you start with Shazam. Okay, um, and uh, I I just looked it up. The last intermission that was actually included in the film itself was in 2003 in the film Gods and Generals. Oh, well, that movie sucked, though. So, actually, Gods and Generals is the sequel to Gettysburg. So, you were were close to correct. You You were half right. That movie wasn't good, though. Gods and Generals? No. But that's... That was the last one in recorded cinema history. And now you know. That was good one. Um, apparently, there are, some cine- there are some theaters that inserted a uh, intermission into Lord of the Rings. Um, oh, yeah. But that was done on a theater-by-theater basis. That movie needs an intermission. Yes, it does. I mean, actually, the extended cut needs like five. <laughs> I made it all the way through without one bathroom break. Well, like, just because you have that kind of bladder control doesn't mean everybody else does. Plus, you I didn't drink. I make it through the first movie without falling asleep three times. Oh, that's just because you're broken, Anna. <laughs> We've actually had this discussion. Yes, we have. Sorry. It's all right. All right. So, so let's let's go to a another film adaptation, or in this case, small screen adaptation of books, and we're hoping that it doesn't suck. 
and that is the Wheel of Time. Um, so the Wheel of Time had a giant panel at New York Comic Con last week, and when they did, they released like a, I don't know, maybe thirty to a minute long scene from probably what I'm guessing is the first episode, and most likely announced a couple new casting and they confirmed the second season, which we already knew was under progress. Mm-hmm. And interviews with a bunch of the cast. Like, it was a big, big panel. It was a lot beefier than I was expecting. And the Moraine, the main character they seem to be focusing on instead of, you know, the ones in the book. Uh, I'm curious to see how they develop her. I originally didn't love her casting, but she's grown on me. Speaking of James Bond, she was a James Bond villain. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I like Rosamund Pike, so I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm really hopeful for this series. Everything I've heard from the adapters and the... I, I don't really ever believe the actors because they'll lie through their teeth to make themselves look good. <laughs> they'll I mean, they'll need, lie through their teeth to sell anything. Yeah, need we discuss like a Fantastic Four remake? That it was like, this movie's going to be amazing. And I was like, I want to cut that out and just play it for you at one point. I think the um, only person who told the truth about the movie, what, what, what's his name? Shia LaBeouf? He told the truth about Indiana Jones' Crystal Skull. Yeah. yeah. He's the only person I've heard like legitimately like, no, this movie is dog shit. We should have made it. Yeah. <laughs> and well, we all watched it anyway. Yeah, so I don't necessarily believe the actors, but uh, the screenwriters and the adapters are very different. And we also got our first song uh, from the series that is an original in Old Talk. And for the life of me, I couldn't find a clip of it to post in the chat. Otherwise, I would have. But it's, I'm hopeful. It sounds like kind of generic, which kind of sucks. It's like, oh, generic fantasy music, hey, but. I mean, doing you know, the they, they have to start somewhere. Um, so this is actually a, this song specifically was written by a band and produced by like a YouTube uh, group. Okay, that makes it much cooler. It, 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 it is, interesting. and they're putting it in, but they're not the ones doing the official score for the entire series. Oh, okay. Was this yeah. kind of maybe more like a, like a, just a trailer thing, or is that actually going to be a piece of music? In I think it's actually going to be a piece of music, but I think it's probably going to be like maybe credits music or, you know, starting credits, final credits, a couple montage or, or something like that. Well, starting credits, that's a big part of the show. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's money right there. Yeah. I mean, so, like, I, I say good for them remember. for including fan music. Yeah, it's super interesting. I'm really intrigued by what they're doing. And this series has potential. They're going to focus on the right things, and they're going to drop some of the PG stuff and hopefully push it in the racier directions that it needs to be viable to modern audiences. Because, like, 
I think you get to book like four before someone has sex. Well, and wasn't this, uh, wasn't like the premise for season one? Aren't they pulling stuff from multiple books to no, set up the story? It's supposed to be just book one, but um, the second season is probably going to be um, the second and the third book. Okay, is that what it was? Okay. Yeah, because they, they just need to set up a lot of world building in the uh, first season, and I they can't also have multiple plots from multiple books. It would just convolute it. Well, it's all, you know, Peter King, which Peter King, Exactly. That, and that's what I'm talking about. That's legitimately the first thing I thought of when I thought about the introductory score. I was like, Me it too. becomes trapped part of, it becomes part of, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's part of the zeitgeist and you can't drop it. But regardless, they had a very interesting and intriguing panel. And November can't come soon enough. I am so ready. Well, you only have a couple more weeks to wait. Yeah, I was going to say, Pretty soon, so like yeah. a month from now, right? All yeah. right. Uh, yeah, I think it's the 18th. Well, while we're talking about shows that we want to go ahead and get started, let's go ahead and talk about the show that just ended, and that is What If Season 1. Oh, yeah. I guess it's our review of the finale, isn't it? Yes, it is our official review of the finale. What a fucking ending. Yeah, that was crazy as shit, legitimately. I like how they kind of gathered the universe across multiple universes. Yeah, you get together. All right, Smurf, you're chomping at the bit. Yeah, he's got something to say here. He always has something to say here. So, I'm not going to be shitty. Fuck you. Maybe a little. My problem with the ending is the premise of which what it was built on. The whole premise of What If is a single standalone story that builds off of a single question. The story is self-contained, and it raises more questions than it answers. And it really kind of is, is, is cooler that way. So to have this over-lasting arc was just... I, 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 and I predicted this. I told you, if they did this, I was going to be pissed. And I'm pissed, because this just didn't have to happen. And I didn't like them doing the Guardians of the fucking multiverse. What kind of garbage is this? this I would say when they said that, I was like, that's lame as shit. That was stupid. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, think everyone agrees with that. Even Mickey Mouse was, oh, fuck you fuckers, you can't come up with a better idea than that? Kiss my yeah. tail! There's just no reason for it. I don't. I, I ah, of all the stories or what ifs that you could premise, him banding together a bunch of excerpts from other realities is just stupid. I just, okay. and that's not how the stones work. The stones will not let you break realities. It'll create your own reality. You can't bridge and jump from reality to reality with the stones. They don't work that way. And they even put that that hole in the story where they're like, well, the stone doesn't work here because it has different properties. Well, then how the fuck did it just jump from three other dimensions ago? Ah, I just, I, I, I'd had higher hopes. There were some good ones. There were some bad ones. I just, I, ah, 
Ah, I expected better. So, you are correct in your initial premise. In the comic books, what if is set up to tell stories that didn't really happen? Yep. And that's why we got the Ultimate Universe. Yep. And this is the Ultimate Universe introduction into MCU. This is, those stories do happen in a different timeline. And here is when when the multiverse is facing its biggest threat. This is what we have to do. Because mm-hmm. you're acting like this is nothing like this has ever happened, but it has. It's ha- and it happened recently I know. in the comic books. I know. And it's just it's just sloppy writing. It's poor writing. Well, it, apparently it, one of them was drunk when she was writing. So yeah, I actually really love that whole bit there. Yeah. <laughs> Like, so I got shmammered, and then I thought, you know, it would be fun. You write really, really inspired stuff when you're a little slosh. God, look at Walt Whitman, Stephen King, and so many other... I was going to say, can you name an author who wasn't at least on something? Yeah, a lot of them were. I can, but I just, I, I guess I expected better, um... I, uh, it was, this is exactly what I expected. I yeah, know. I, mean, I was hoping I was going to be wrong. I was expecting it. I enjoyed certain parts of it. Like, I'm sorry, that is the the coolest fucking Doctor Strange ever. Oh, that was awesome. That Dark Magician way they played that out. Yeah. It's like, I will watch anything with that version. I want to, yeah, I want Doctor his Strange. movie. Yeah, I mean, I did like him dropping the whole zombie universe on top of him. I mean, all right, you're right. There are moments of like, wow, that was pretty fucking cool. How come it all been like that? But I kept waiting for other elements to to cross over. You know, if they're gonna do it, do it right. This just is just poor execution. It should have been longer to tell yes. more of the individual stories. Yes. And they should have removed the Gamora and Iron Man part because they took that episode out of the season. So they should have taken it out of the finale because it didn't fit. No, it made absolutely no sense because you're like, what the fuck is going on here? So we mm-hmm. get this whole other, just hold these two characters we have no idea about. You kind of just piece it together like, okay, so I guess this, this kind of makes sense. That this Gamora killed Thanos. And yep. is now working with Iron Man as part of the, the Guardians of the Galaxy. So essentially, the Believe storyline from Iron Man comics from the Marvel Now thing yep. a few years ago. Um, but I liked Black Widow's character. I like what they did with her and how they kind of gave her a good finale. Of she's not uni- dead. Yeah, yeah, her universe isn't. She isn't trapped in a dead universe. And she gets dropped off where she's needed. See, I actually didn't like that part. I thought it was such a break with the Watcher's character. That, like, I understand, like... Well, the entire last two episodes are a break with the Watcher's character. I know, but that's because it was necessary, because he got his ass beat. Um... That would think of a shit bag would you need to have someone help you save the multiverse and then drop them into a dead universe. I would kind of bag of dicks would you be at that point? (laughs) (laughs) This beach was all of dicks. 
I would, I would, I would take care of every single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I expected better. I, it is what we all, at least I predicted. I know you guys were kind of like, yeah, okay, but it was. It could have been better. I'm not going to fight that. I, I do. It could have been better, but I liked two of the storylines, and I liked the premise of the story they were telling. And I'm, I'm with Stash. I like the Dark Sorcerer. That was oh, that the was... high point. I mean, that pretty much well was the story was his character for this these last two episodes. So I just liked was... when they killed everybody. He oh was... yeah, no doubt. I mean, he was just on a tear, and he was just he was a badass. That is a Doctor Strange. We need to see in in the cinematic universe. Well, see, I, I, I was wondering. thinking uh, when Pym killed everyone. Yes. I'm actually wondering if that carries over legitimately. It's possible. They are saying that what if is now part of canon. Well, in the Doctor Strange that they've been portraying that's going to be showing up in Spider-Man is off from the original Doctor Strange that we got to. I really don't think it's him. Don't think but wouldn't that be amazing if they actually did that and they play he plays it dark and plays it in that that fucked up way that we actually fell in love with where yes yeah, that would be that would be destructive and honestly that's too I, I think you would lose too many too many moviegoers you would lose so many people in the weeds on that God, they would, I would be love it. clueless of what the fuck is going on they'd be like I don't get it and well, and that would be it. The problem is that with the MCU right now, they're saying that the 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 shows that are on Disney Plus are not necessary to be able to watch the films. But they're also saying the shows that are on Disney Plus are canon. So and they play a role in the film. Which is it? Do you need to watch them or not? Well all you would have to do to make something like that work is to have the good Doctor Strange imprisoned by the a slightly maniacal one. You want the good Doctor Strange to show him. up or be yeah, trapped in hell or in like a sphere like that, and then we we can fill in the gap. The audience can fill in the gaps from there, and the ones who have seen what it understand how badass he actually is. Or you could just put him. In, you could put him in hell. Yeah. So he got trapped there. He got killed and trapped in hell. Yeah. Any number. And then Ghost Rider finds him and brings him to hell. Well, he's no, I, no, no. I mean, I'm just saying there's ways you can connect yeah, the there, there are a lot of different ways that we could do this. We're talking Disney+. Plus. Let's move away from What If. Um, and let's talk about the fact that Disney+, Plus is getting a new Jessica Jones uh, show. That's Yeah, that's all indications seem to be that they're incorporating, at this point, a third character from the Netflix. Marvel's mm-hmm. and it's going to be Jessica Jones. Which, yo, know, I really thought that she did a great job. We're getting Kristen Ritter, uh, or Ritter, or have you pronounce her last name? And and I'm very excited. It's same here. I, I want to see where they're going to go with this. It kind of leads me to believe that Disney Plus is going to be moving in a somewhat adult-oriented direction with some of their stuff. Potentially, so. I, you know what? I, I want to see Jessica Jones return. I want it to be less because the last season just was 
just got fucked up at the end. And I just it, was, it was like the last two or three episodes of the last season that just yeah. killed it for me. Well, and and they, they just didn't care. They knew they weren't getting renewed. They're dealing with the knowledge of this is done this now. Is Fuck it. Let's, hey, let's put a goat here. Why? I don't know, because it'd be funny. All right, let's go. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, the last couple episodes definitely jumped over. the shark. Yeah, it was like, okay, but what I really don't want to see, I would rather have the show stay closed out and done versus a watered-down version of the character. I, would I, I wanted her to be the same whiskey-swilling, foul-mouthed, ludicrous, just angsty, cranky bitch that she is now and if the mouse softens her up i don't i don't want to see that i don't care to watch that character i like the one that they built well i feel like we got a glimpse with what if that that disney's not afraid to go dark with the marvel universe they turned doctor strange into dormammu essentially you know i mean (laughs) when they kill off like all of the characters that you know and love and you know, then whichever ones they don't kill off, they make evil and like whatever. I, I, yeah, I I still laugh about the Scarlet Witch part. That makes me laugh. <laughs> you know, but like I feel that what if did show us that Disney's not afraid to go dark. You know, but they to will. Sell out a universe. <laughs> they. they they will, you know, definitely need to put things onto like the adult viewer, whatever. Same like Netflix has. Um, if you have, you know, different settings for your Disney Plus, you know, like you can watch Aristocats and people say fuck. Maybe I don't know. I mean, I I don't have a whole lot of faith when it comes to the mouse. I've made that clear. <laughs> so I don't I don't know what to expect on this. I really don't. And I don't I don't want I don't want them to fuck with what I already consider a very solid character. You don't you don't need to Captain Marvel it. You really don't. Agreed. I actually would agree, I agree with you fully on this. Bring it back if you're going to you don't necessarily have to say the same tell the same exact story. But no. you have to make the character the character that people want it to be. Yes. Well, I mean, I don't need and they are okay. saying with uh, with Jessica Jones the same like we were talking the other day um, with uh, with Daredevil and um, and Punisher is that they're getting the actors who did Netflix. Yes. Right. So we're going to be you know seeing the the same people, and so if they do change the character so drastically. No. Punisher is uh, a perfect example. The, the 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 last season of Punisher, and I'm glad they're bringing John Bernal back. He is he is a perfect Punisher. He's but a can, great Frank Castle. Yes, yeah. but you see that scene where they're on the carousel and and Punisher is dragging the dude's face over the broken glass. I loved that. Can you see Disney letting that happen though? I mean, I love that scene. God, I hope so. Great. It is. It's impactful, and it carries to the next season. It has ramifications and consequences. But can you see the mouse letting them do that? I'm hopeful that they do. That's all I can say. 
I don't their track record would suggest no, but exactly their That's recent exactly. history suggests maybe. I don't know. We'll we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. All right. So let's let's go ahead and leave Disney behind. And let's go. <laughs> and let's talk about the fact that Gearbox Steps down as president, remains CEO. There you go. It's like he is a fucking psychopath and he has been so damaging to that franchise that I am so happy this is happening. But at the same time, like I hate that he still has power, but I think honestly what they're trying to do is they're trying to direct his attention at spinoffs. Because they're doing the Borderlands movie, and they're probably going to look at doing like maybe another Tales from the Borderlands. Well, and they're hoping, doing the Tiny Tina thing already, so yeah. So I'm hoping he's going to be directed at that stuff instead of the core Borderlands, and it allows the core Borderlands to maybe mature a little bit because they don't need to lose everything that makes them charming. But I do feel like the writing in the last game could have been substantially improved if they were allowed to deal with a little bit more mature themes and more mature ways. They deal with some pretty much stuff in the DLCs for that game. Yeah, but like they always do that. With they the did DLCs. make a lot of jokes about it, but they did yeah. deal with mature stuff. Yeah, but I, I think mean, the writing needs to be smarter more than anything. That's that's true. And I, I honestly think he had too much power. Granted, it was his company, but like when he got bought out, I was like, I know something's going to happen. They got to do something with this. Yeah. Like, well, and it's saying that he's going to be really responsible for the new division um, called, that they're referring to as Gearbox Studios, which is the film and TV yeah. project. And the spinoff games, probably, that they're going to do. So, Oh, it, it doesn't I, really... Dis- I mean, the article that I read about it doesn't really discuss the spinoff games as much as it does talk about the fact that he'll be on TV and film. I think him lose on the movie seems interesting. Yeah. I mean, the movie has really good casting. Yeah. And I have high hopes for it. But then again, like, the E3 Borderlands or Gearbox thing was the worst fucking press conference I saw. Let's walk around the back of a film studio and be like, oh, look, this is all the shit you can't see. Let's blur it out. That was the most surprising thing I have ever fucking seen. Like, fuck you! Why are you even showing me this shit? Kiss my ass! Because Randy Pitchford is a dickhead? You are an He's self-entitled little egotist dick. And I'm so... Like, I cheered. I shit you not. This happened right after we finished our show last week. And I posted it immediately in the chat because I was like, fuck, yes. It was was actually like like, 15 minutes after we wrapped. (laughs) Had we seen it 15 minutes earlier, we would have covered this last week. 
Oh my god! If I had just checked my phone during the show, I would have seen it and been able to talk about it last week. But yeah, you called it on that one. I I was legitimately surprised that it happened that quick. I'm not I'm, surprised that it happened. I'm surprised that it happened that quickly. I'm not because like they're in the Embracer Group, and that's like one of the biggest video game companies in the world. They can't yeah. tolerate that kind of shit because lawsuits will cost them too much money. Time and money. Yeah. It does have a history of <laughs> creating lawsuits. Yes. Oh, my horn, fucker. I'm going home. You can't see him. Ha ha ha. Fuck yeah. you. You're out. Get out. <laughs> I mean, they must have done everything in their power to like whittle away as much of his authority as they could. Mm. Oh, I'm sure they, the undermining started immediately, and they probably started their own coup, and they, they they went in there with an agenda, and they executed it flawlessly. Flawless victory. Out you go. We, we, we You can feel important over here. We're going to take control. What do you think? He's under, like, the strictest NDA not to discuss what oh. happened. He can't shit. Otherwise, he would just be railing against. That's the that's the part. I think that was a hundred percent intentional because we know damn well he's not going to keep his mouth shut. Yeah, of course not. He hasn't. If he he breaks his NDA, they can force him out completely. I think that's what they're planning. Yeah, that's what they're waiting for. That's that's the bet at Vegas right now. How long till he cracks? Because sooner or later, he's going to talk. Oh, All right. Do we have an over/under bet happening here? Within the next two years. Two years? I think it's six months. Six months. All right. I'm gonna write this shit down. I was I was gonna go eight months to a year. All right. Year. So we'll have eight months to a year for Smurf. Six months for for Stash, and anything over a year, it's on Tank. Yeah, the line is a year. Smurf got the line. I got the line. That's just taking yeah. the under. I'll take the over. I yeah. honestly, you know why I think it's going to happen in six months? Tiny oh. Tina's. I think it's going to happen right when Tiny Tina's drops. Oh my God. You don't think he, dude, there's no way he would fuck up at that point. I mean, that's, that's like, I when think he would. would. I oh don't think God. it's going to happen until they get deeper into the movie. That's what I'm thinking it's going to be is he's finally going to throw a fucking fit because they're going to do something with the movie. But they've been working on the movie for so long. Like, the yeah, movie's been in production for, like, six months. Yeah, but that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, that's true. All right, it'll be a fun, it'll be a fun game to watch. Yeah, yeah. so I have, I have written down the over-under bets. We have $5 of stash cash on the line. I didn't agree to money. I did. And why am I holding this? This is bullshit. Because we all know you're going to lose. Like you do every time you make a bet on this show. I'm not giving you guys shit. I want me some stash cash. Except for the money I already owe for the comments. Or, or the money that Smurf already has collected off of you from the last two bets. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. And on that lovely note... You are so like 
robotic yeah. underwater right now, Smurf. Yeah, you so hard on your mic. It's too many mouse jokes. Anyway, on that box alike, give us a share. Run fast, the heart. Always be gone. Good night. Good night. Very well, one and all.